0: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Bill Allen's Facebook Bible Studies. I'm glad to be with you. I'm glad that you are joining in today. It's a Thursday afternoon and we are going through the Psalms on Thursdays from Tim and Kathy Keller's wonderful daily devotional book, The Songs of Jesus, taking us all the way through all the psalms if you're reading along in that book on our studies we just look at one or two or three psalms each uh, time we study on thursdays uh, that are part of their daily reading from that particular week and that's what we're going to be doing um, today and today is um, boy you picked a good day to listen in because we're going to be covering uh, psalms 99 and 100 And if you know the song, He Has Made Me Glad, I Will Enter His Gates, Uh, that song is taken from Psalm 100, which we'll get to uh, in just a moment. I hope that you're having a good week and again I'm glad to have you joining in along as we study through uh, the psalms on Thursdays. Uh, This psalm, Psalm 99, both of these psalms speak of Uh, wonderful calls to praise God, but Psalm 99, in particular, uh, calls upon us to be joyful in our prayers. And he gives a few great Old Testament heroes heroes as examples. And uh, so let's get to it. Psalm 99, first of all, The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Verse 6. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Oh, what a great call to worship, what a great call to obedience. Uh, giving some wonderful examples of those who, though they were sinful men, and who also was a sinful nation, the nation of Israel, God's people. Yet, they poured out their hearts in prayer and praise with joy to the Lord, and God heard them. Uh, What a wonderful thing. In spite of his holiness and our sinfulness, God hears us. What does it mean to say God is holy? That word holy means Many say set apart, and I think that's true. Uh, It literally means to be completely set apart for some specific purpose. God's people are called holy in that sense, because we are set apart to give God glory and to share his word. Uh, God himself is called holy. That word holy can be used. It's an adjective, obviously, but it can also be used as a noun. Holy one. Holy persons. And when it's used as a noun, Holy One or Holy Ones, sometimes it is translated saints. That's where we get the word saint. It is an adjective used as a noun, Holy One. And in Scripture, it's not talking about dead people, it's talking about people who are very much alive and are serving the Lord at the time. In fact, many of the New Testament letters are addressed to the saints in such and such a city. Here, he talks about the people of God serving a holy God. Uh, great is the Lord in Zion, verse 2 says, He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. There's none like him. There is, in, there is nothing that we can compare to God. And we certainly are completely distanced from, from God, were it not for the blood of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of the Son of God is what allows us, as the book of Hebrews says throughout, to draw near. To draw near, even though we are sinful people, we can draw near to this holy God. Uh, We belong holy, uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to God. Even though He is holy, He has made us holy. And he has allowed a way for us to be able to approach him. He even did that in the Old Testament for the Jews, the people of God. Uh, For the church, it means that we are to seek God's will above everything else. As Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, we are to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That great song that we sing, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what God calls us to do because we are holy. Uh, When we first become Christians, we try to live as best we can and to be holy is starts there but it is so much more because we seek to grow in our faith and we seek to achieve that holiness of God not because of good acts on our part, but because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all of our sins And then in verse six, he begins to give some examples. Moses and Aaron, he lists. Now, Moses technically was not a priest. Aaron was the priest, but Moses served as a priest of God's people until uh, Aaron took over and was called in a special way to be a priest before the Lord. Moses, throughout those 40 years in the wilderness wanderings, uh, he served in that role and led God's people, and taught God's people, and interceded for God's people. It's one of the primary roles of the priests of the Old Testament. Moses and Aaron were brothers, and as brothers, they obviously had the same ancestors, and one of those ancestors was Levi, one of the sons of Jacob, and that became the priestly tribe. The Levites Uh, had a big part in taking care of the tabernacle and some of the other things of worship. But out of all of those descendants of Levi, God chose Aaron, one specific descendant, to be high priest. And he called in the Old Testament for the sons of Aaron to be the priests following him. And one of those special sons, uh, the, the oldest son in each of those generations, would be the high Priest, and that's the role that Aaron filled Aaron, Moses, and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. Samuel was called by Eli the priest, or while he was serving Eli, he was called by God himself. That great story. Uh, in the book of 1 Samuel As Samuel is called Even though he is a child He was a very special child of his mother Hannah Who could not have children And prayed and prayed And Eli blessed her And God gave her a son And she gave him back to the Lord Just as she had promised in his name It was Samuel Samuel was among those who called on the name of the Lord And, and interceded uh, for God's people During his lifetime And the Lord answered him The Lord answered. And one of God's greatest gifts is to us is the gift of prayer. Um, We are able to go before the Lord. As Moses and Aaron and Samuel did, we can call upon the Lord and He will hear, and He will answer. It may not be the answer we want, but He will hear us and He will act on our Prayers. In fact, one time when the people came to Samuel and they had been clamoring for a king and so Samuel anointed Saul king of Israel and then the people realized they had made a big mistake because the Lord should be their king and not any man or woman and yet they had made Saul the king of Israel and they went to Samuel and they repented and they said, please, please don't stop praying for us and Samuel said, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. What a great statement that's good for all of us who serve as church leaders. We all get frustrated, just as Moses and Aaron did at times, just as Samuel did at times. But the words of Samuel echo, should echo in our hearts and in our minds and in our memories. Far be it from me that I should stop failing to pray, that I should uh, sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Uh, The reason that we pray is because God will hear and God allows that because of his great forgiveness. How could he listen to the people of Israel in all of their sinfulness, in all of the times they complained, yet verse eight of Psalm 99 says, Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punish their misdeeds. God is a God of justice as well. Um, uh, This uh, Sunday we'll be in John chapter 1 in our Bible classes. And Jesus came revealing uh, truth and grace in John chapter 1. And that's a great, great statement. And it's similar to this one that God punished them for their misdeeds, and yet he forgave them as well. And that's a, a, a great, great reminder to us that God is a God of justice. He is a God of truth. But he is also a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God who will forgive. Uh, We seek God's uh, wonderful forgiveness and we receive it. We know on this side of the cross and this side of the empty tomb, we receive it through the blood that Jesus gave for us. Uh, on the cross. What a great, great blessing it is to joyfully go to God in prayer. And that brings us to the great Psalm 100. Uh, You know that song, right? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. You remember that song, right? We sing it a lot here at West Erwin Church of Christ. You probably sing it a lot at your church as well. Well, where that song primarily comes from, I think, is Psalm 100. Verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. He has made me glad. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Uh, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with joyful praise. He has made me glad. What's the source of your gladness today? Uh, We've been studying from the book of Philippians uh, over the last month or so, in our sermon time here at West Irwin. And coming up as we begin to close out this series, we're looking at the wonderful chapter 4 of Philippians, which has great statements in it, uh, such as, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, in a surprising context that we'll read about. Uh, But also the verse, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's Philippians 4, verse 4. Paul writing that from, uh, un, while being under house arrest, probably in Rome. Uh, amazing. And yet he could say, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that rejoice, that term there is an imperative. It's not just a, well, hopefully you'll be able to rejoice. Or even rejoice when, when things are going well. Rather, it's an imperative, it's a command that he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, repeats it for good measure. And both times it's in the imperative mode. And so you hear that and you realize uh, being joyful, is, should. it shouldn't be commanded. It shouldn't have to be commanded. And yet it is because God knows our human natures. And he knows that we'll get so caught up in our circumstances rather than the joy we feel from being in the Lord that we will forget about Psalm 100 and we will forget about entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and shouting for joy to the Lord and worshiping the Lord with gladness and coming before him with joyful songs. This psalm summons us to offer ourselves to God Uh, acknowledging that we are not our own. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are his. But that is the source of our joy. It's not your job. It's not your health. It's not your bank account. It's not your family and how wonderful it is. It's not all the things you have. It's not that people love you or think highly of you or treat you the way they should. All those things are good and we're grateful for them, but that's not the source of our joy. Source of our joy is that we are his people. We rejoice in the Lord. Uh, We have a grateful call uh, to be joyful to God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, as Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he reminds them, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Again, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so we enter his gates with joy, and we go before his courts with joyful praise. Uh, Whatever we can do to sing his praises, that's a great thing. We had Keith Lancaster recently for a workshop uh, here at West Irwin, and it was a wonderful, joyful two days of praise. But we experience that uh, each Sunday. When the church gathers together yes uh, some Sundays the singing might be better than other Sundays but it's always from the heart and it's always joyful praise and we get that from this psalm psalm 100 before we close today let's read this psalm psalm 100 one more time and have a prayer together shout for joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor, and we do that joyfully. We do that humbly. We're surprised, Father, that you love us so much that you gave your son, and yet we're so very grateful. We know, Father, that joy begins with gratitude. So help us, Father, as the old hymn says, to count our many blessings, to name them one by one, and then, Father, to enter your courts with joyful praise, to enter your gates with joy. Father, we are thankful for the opportunity to praise you We're thankful for the great opportunity to pray to you, to bring you our needs, and to bring you our adoration and our worship. And so, Father, today we bring you our prayers, we bring you our praise, we enter into your courts and into your gates, into your presence with great, great joy. And it's through Jesus that we do that and offer this prayer, amen. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I look forward to being with you again at church on Sunday if you can be here or online. If you can do that at westerwin.com and uh, go to the, the uh, tab that says connect and scroll down to live stream and you'll find the big blue box there. Or if not, then I'll see you again this coming Tuesday. I pray that God will bless you and that throughout the day, each day, you will enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart that you will enter his gates. His courts with praise. God bless.